Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at LuminousAnglican.com. Good morning, all. Uh, back in the day, this used to be called a Youth Pastor Sunday. Do you guys remember that? Like, yeah, like this was the Sunday we had to speak. So I feel kind of right at home here. Um, with you all. Um, I do love kind of watching, kind of as a new Anglican, I mean it's seven years now, I guess I have to stop calling myself a new Anglican, a newish Anglican. Um, I love kind of going through seasons and, and the rhythms and, and reading through the, liturgy, the, um, the liturgies and, and, the, and the scriptures of, a, of the daily office and just see how the, the passages kind of weave together and form. Um, kind of weaving the, the story and exposition, kind of, you know, Jesus's life in the early church. Um, and it's beautiful. It's been a beautiful kind of unfolding for me this year, especially. Um, Paul and I have a, a difficult relationship. I think I've said that before. Uh, but I think we're, Romans is where we meet together and we can kind of agree on some things. And so I've really enjoyed kind of digging into Romans and, and kind of walking this out. And if you'll pardon, I guess this is, you know, my old youth pastor is coming out, but... Um, kind of what came to mind was that, in, especially in this, this Sunday, it's, it's that we've had kind of a series of Roman exhortations and kind of gospel declarations. So we have kind of Paul unfolding this beautiful way of, of being God and, and, and experiencing his love. And we've had Jesus giving the kind of these things like, hey, this is the way the kingdom is. And just that, that contrast has been beautiful for me to see. Um, kind of almost like a good cop, bad cop, if you will, with Paul being the good cop for, for the first time, I think, in a long time. So it's lovely uh, to walk this out. Um, up at this point in Romans, uh, Paul has been kind of telling us how to live in and experience the light of God's love. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of passages like, you know, add perseverance and, and add, you know, all these different things that we're supposed to add to our faith in order to really experience, not to, not to earn God's love, if you will, but to experience it fully. And at this point, he takes a turn in chapter 12, and now he talks about now how we are to be purveyors of that love. And it's a beautiful passage. And the thing is, as it goes on, it's, it's, a, it's a list of things, a list of ways to, to show love to everyone. To Democrats, yes. To Republicans, yes. To Independents, yes. Evangelicals, yes. Episcopalians, yes. Northerners, yes. Southerners, yes. Bills fans, yes. Patriots fans, no. I'm so, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Old habits, yes. Not only are we to love this list of truly horrible people, um, but Paul created this list of how we're supposed to love them. Um, and it's a doozy of a list. Um, Becky read through it. You guys don't have it with you, but look it up when you get home and read through it. I will highlight it instead of reading it all together. But let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Do not lag in zeal. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Persevere in prayer. Um, do not claim to be wiser than you are. I love this one especially. If it, if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Just a beautiful list of how we're to show this love. And the amazing thing is it's, it's basically, I broke it out to 25 statements. We can, we can discuss whether or not some things should be together, clauses and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot there. And perhaps the most semicolons in any paragraph in the history of the written world. I'm not sure. There's a lot of them. I mean, you guys didn't see it. You have it in front of you, but there's 
pretty much every everyone has at least one, potentially two semicolons per sentence in that in that paragraph. But this is our blueprint how to love one another. And one of the challenging things when you come to a pastor like this is there's so much here. Like each one of these statements could be a sermon. Um, and to spare you that, um, I basically I'm going to pick out two two kind of ideas I think that encompass a lot of what what, Paul, what Paul's talking about here. And the first of that is is kind of ex, almost extreme hospitality, if you will. Um, Beck and I were at a writer's retreat in, in Kentucky last last week, and one of the things about this retreat is that the writer is you, basically you come and everything's taken care of, like all your meals, your housing. It's just it's just gorgeous, and it's 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 almost ridiculous the level of hospitality. Um, but when you experience that kind of hospitality, it's 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 really is amazing. Um, if you've been around here for a while, you know we have kind of those things here. Our, our table groups, definitely our Christmas party, um, ways we try to kind of build that in here as well, to, to be hospitable um, and to be open to those around us. Um, as I was thinking through this, an example popped in my mind of the exact opposite end of that spectrum. Um, there was a little bagel shop that Beck and I used to go to when we first got married for lunch um, back in Wheaton, Illinois. Um, and the sandwiches were great. But you got the, I guess the way to say it is, you got a, the full experience of the family dynamic in this little bagel shop. Um, and it came at you at high volume, kind of emanating from the kitchen. Um, and so we nicknamed it actually, we called it the Screaming Bagel. Because uh, basically the family would just go at each other in the back. Like, you know, who forgot to order this and who ate all this and it was just nonstop. And so uh, entertaining is long, and a great turkey and sprout sandwich, as long as you don't mind a side of family drama. Um, it was lovely. I think often, though, we, our struggle is that we, for me, is where do, I, where do I place myself on that standard of hospitality? How do I truly love and be open um, and not worry about, like, I'm not as good as that, but I can, I'm, not as, I'm not as bad as that, basically, type of thing. Um, we went to a dinner recently with friends, and it was like handcrafted cocktails beforehand, and there was... You know, he had grilled out steak and, and salmon for, for tacos that he had six, like, handmade sauces for. Kind of ridiculous. Like, if you come to my house, it's, you're going to get all the wine, you're going to get a protein, a veg, and a starch. Maybe, maybe all three. They'll probably all be grilled. Um, and, and a really good chance that you'll probably only get two of those. Um, I don't know. I, another story from Wheaton, sorry. Um, we had a, our, our backyard neighbors, we kind of hung out a lot, and um, kind of when our kids were little, we'd all be together. And so and it was kind of a thing where whoever was there, we just like, oh, let's have dinner together, and whatever we had, we had type of thing. And so one night, it was my backyard neighbor, um, and then one of the moms from across the street was there as well. Her husband was out of town, so her kids were over like, let's do, let's do dinner. So the two dudes were like, we're going to have hot dogs. And so the mom was like, great. She goes, what sides? And we kind of looked at each other and like, sides? Like, I guess if you took the bun off the hot dog, it's a hot dog with a side of bun. Um, but, but, yeah, but, but I mean, the, the, the point here, though, is that, you know, our job is simply to express love through offering time and a meal or whatever to other people. Um, and, you know, I guess what I would say as a guest, our job is to not judge that meal, especially when you come to my house. Don't judge it too harshly. And like Paul says, don't repay evil with evil. Like, you fed me that. Way to come to my house. Let's see what I'm going to give you. Um, and again, using 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 here using an example of a meal for hospitality, but hospitality is more than that. that we know um, it's being a safe place for people. 
You can run through that list. Live, live in harmony without arrogance. Rejoice with it, who, which rejoice. Weep. Be peaceful. It's basically living out a te- emotional and spiritual hospitality together. And it's lovely to do and to see. But I think the hard thing in this passage, too, um, the second kind of big picture I want to pull out of this, is that the difficult part of this passage is not that we know we should be hospitable, but it's that we should be hospitable to those we really don't want to hang out with. Um, so the second is, like, who, you know, it talks a lot about loving our enemy. Who is my enemy? Um, I think often we like to define our enemies as kind of those that are the enemy of the religious class, if you will. So in, in the New Testament, it was, well, the Pharisees didn't like the tax collectors and the prostitutes. So we're going to love those, tra- those tax collectors and prostitutes. We're going to love those that the, the religious kind of culture has, has sent out. And we are to love them, absolutely. But in that scenario, I think actually our enemy in that picture is not the, the tax collector or the prostitute, but it's actually that, those religious leaders. And so the challenge, I think, for us is that we don't get to pick which group of quote-unquote enemies, enemies we want to love. We have to love those enemies that maybe we think of as evil. We don't get to take that list and go, I'll love this person, but not that person. And I think one of the dangers sometimes, too, when even in finding a place like Luminous, which for us has been a place of sanctuary, is that it's easy almost to, I call it the holy other, instead of othering someone, it's the holy othering of someone. Like, this is beautiful. This is how we do community. This is how we do hospitality. And those guys over there who are mean to group A, B, and C are evil. They're not, not just the enemy, they're evil, and, and we want nothing to do with them. And if you're thinking right now, do you mean people who are blank? Yes. Whatever your mind went to and said, fill in the blank, yes. Or people who believe blank, yes. As Art said um, last week, you know, Augustine said, it's not your theology or kind, but it's your kindness. I think that's so important. There's not much theology in this list that Paul writes for us. It's all kindness. It's all how to be um, a person that loves. Um, I've used this example before, but I'll use it again because it's so beautiful. Many of you may know Daryl Davis. Uh, he's a black jazz musician who um, kind of grew up kind of all around the world, and when he came back to the States and kind of really felt racism for the, one of the first times, he said, how, this was his, his kind of his founding statement, was how can they hate me if they don't know me? And so he set out to meet and get to know members of the KKK. And so over his life, he's actually befriended hundreds of them, and he actually has many that have left the KKK and, and actually given him their, his robes. So he has a closet of over 200 robes of former Klan members, all because he went to the person who would be evil and would be the most, you know, like his enemy. And he loved that enemy. Uh, Beck often says to me is to look for the, the image of God, the Imago Dei and the other, and to see that. Um, and I actually, I had a conversation um, in Kentucky with a writer who she serves as an interim pastor where she would go into a church that lost her pastor for whatever reason and kind of deal with not only the pain of that but also if it was you know any of the number of things that can happen in a church she kind of had to deal with the fallout of all that um, and as we're talking about she's like yeah dealing with x y and z and I kind of asked her what how do you how do you do that how do you deal with people that are just you know they're coming from a place of hurt and pain and fear and anger how do you walk into that space and, and, and really carry God to them? And she said, there are two questions that I tend to ask myself. Who was this person created to be? And how did, that, how did it change? 
And I think that's a level of care and curiosity with someone's story in life that Daryl Davis has when he walks into those KKK meetings. That we can really carry that through and, and be part of a conversation that can be, di- that can be difficult for us. Um, there's a great book, um, and I was gonna go into it more, but I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna talk much about it. I'll just give you the name. It's called How to Have Di- Impossible Conversations. Um, and it basically gives a lot of great ways to, to interact with people who are in diametrically opposed positions as you. Um, it's written by a couple of atheists, so it's, it's kind of not faith friendly. So you'll be challenged a little bit too when you read it. Uh, but it's fascinating. It's just, it's just a great way to kind of start that, that mental process of how, am I, how do I engage with people who, who, you know, may actually be evil in some senses, right? I mean, not, I mean Paul's saying don't say that about people, but, you know, who, you know. KKK, I mean, there's as close as I could possibly get to evil, I would think. Um, but how to, how to engage, how to talk to you, and how to walk that through. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but I think overall, this entire list, as I read through it, um, really comes down to, you know, how to love, absolutely, but I think the flip side of it is how to not be a jerk, if you will, right? It's just like, be nice, be kind, be gracious, be open. Um, I'm sure you've heard this, but I love this formulation that if you meet a jerk in the morning, you met a jerk. If you meet jerks all day, you're probably the jerk. Have you guys heard that one? Um, and so, like, how do we get that? How do we, how do we not be jerks? Um, I think oftentimes, um, especially in, in, a, in a religious setting, we get kind of caught up in kind of the knowledge part of this. We get kind of caught up in I know my theology, I know this, I know all these things, and therefore now I can just, I'm gonna, whatever I say is good because it's coming from God because he wrote this book and I have this knowledge and I'm going to just kind of spread it out everywhere I can. Um, we forget that next step of, of, that, of that action of loving and being kind. Um, and we get stuck in that knowledge. I think also another way, reason we're, we kind of move to jerkdom, if you will, is that we really don't believe God when he says he'll take care of evil and that he will judge. We feel like it's our job. You know, anger, they say, you know, anger expressed poorly is depression. Anger expressed well is passion. I think often we, when we're angry about something, it goes beyond passion to self-righteous justice. There's a misplaced justice, if you will. But for me, I think, um, when it talks about being a jerk is, it's basically my sense of self, I think, that pushes me into that direction that gets in the way. Um, and actually, beautifully, yesterday I had a great example of that, so I can tell you a story. Um, Saturday started out great. I had a lot to do. I had a big list of things I wanted to get done. I worked a little bit on my, on my homily in the morning. I kind of was moving along. Um, and I have, many of you know, I buy used vehicles cheaply, and I drive them until they die. That's kind of our thing. It's a long story that goes along with that. But that's what we do. And so I just bought an 04 Toyota, and it has um, a problem with the locks. Like, it's annoying. Like, it, it has no power unlock. When you go to unlock it manually, it, you do it once, and it goes halfway. You have to do it again. Then when you get in, the interior, like, lock-unlock button, the unlock doesn't work unless the car is powered on. So when we drive my car, we walk out to the... And, and also, on, on, on the passenger side, the unlock doesn't work. So when we go to get in the car, Becky's waiting on the side. I have to, like, click, click and open, and I have to climb in, then I have to turn it on, then I have to, so it's, you know, and the whole time she's over like, Nesbitt, what is this? So, you know, 
for me, like, you know, this is a big thing. Like, I, I fix things, and so, like, having this be such a pain, it, it gets to me. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna fix it. And uh, I did not fix it. Um, I spent most of the day, I figured out what's wrong with it, but I had, don't know how to fix it yet. And so my day was basically, literally, like, you can ask my wife, uh, it was a cranky day yesterday. It was, it was not pleasant to be around me. Um, so basically, my sense of self was entirely violated by the, by the power locks of an 04 Toyota. You know what I mean? It's just that easy, right? And it wasn't anything big, it wasn't any long, you know, anything. But, but that did it to me to the point where, you know, and if you had asked me that on Saturday morning, like, where are you on, on Paul's scale of jerkiness? I was I'm in pretty good shape. But if you'd asked me at four o'clock on Saturday, I would have been on the other end of that. Um, but I love just this, this passage. It's just, if you can, read through it this week a few times. See what hits you, what settles on you. Um, I want to close this with kind of where Jesus, you know, like the, the gospel declaration, if you will, from Jesus today. Because uh, he says to his disciples, If any of you wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their lives will lose it, and those who will lose their life for my sake will find it. I think it's beautiful just to, to, as a way to wrap up. Jesus doesn't say to, you know, build us into a, a pillar of righteousness or knowledge. It's not, about, it's not about theology. It's about kindness. And he says, ultimately, in all of this, and if you read this list, you'll see this. It's ultimately about putting, a, putting aside self. It's about denying yourself. It's about picking up that cross, that sacrifice, and following him. And it sounds, the thing with that, too, is it sounds very harsh. But then you read Jesus say, later on, my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. And so there's that dichotomy there, too, of there, yes, this is a putting aside of self, but it's actually a lightness and a beauty to it when we walk these things out. When we love, instead of being just theological, you know, spewing theology, if you will, everywhere we go, leading with our love, leading with hospitality, and being together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to LuminousAnglican.com. Peace be with you.